Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it. If you can, leave us a review. It really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out. Definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. Yeah, fighters. What's going on, everybody? Fight Light fam. So before we jump in, we've got a special guest, Mike Stout. Mike, I always appreciate you taking the time every time you join us here. Um, whether it's on my podcast for here, Fight Light, all the great things that we get to do and the content we're putting together. Um, but before we jump into that, make sure you're liking and commenting, especially if you've got questions for Mike or on his experiences, what we talk about. Make sure you're subscribing to the Fight Light channel. And also, if you enjoy this, share. Share it with people, tag it, all that good stuff. It helps us out. And without further ado... Mike, what's going on, man? Welcome. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, man. I'm feeling good, blessed. Um, you know, can't complain. Bam. And so every like now we're kind of a couple episodes in. Everyone kind of knows what we're talking about. Hopefully, if they come to watch it, and we like to start with, and we even talked about this before, right? We're gonna start a little bit in the beginning of the journey. We'll work our way through. Won't be as detailed as other podcasts we've done and experiences just because we're keeping within a certain frame. And then what I think, especially that's why I'm saying everybody comment below. If you want to hear more details on certain pieces that we talk about segments in the journey, sagas in Mike's journey, let us know below in the comments so we can even dive into it a little bit more. So saying all that, let's kind of dial it or bring it all the way back, all the way back to the red boy days. That's kind of like what I'm bringing on everybody from, from the alumni perspective. Talk to me about when you found the gym, like what brought you in there in the first place? Like, how did you find it? Where were you at in your life? Okay. So, um, that was going back maybe like 2007, 2008, uh, when I met Mike Callow at Red Boy, BJJ. Um, I was always a fan of martial arts. So that was something that always intrigued me. And I was always in sports. I was, um, as a young man, middle school, coming up, um, junior high, high school, um, I was a competitive swimmer, did a little track. Um, yeah, so martial arts was something I liked, something I was interested in, did a little wrestling, um, but nothing nothing fancy. But at that time, you know, mixed martial arts was starting to get big. I was like, you know what, I wanted to, I wanted to give this a shot. And I went down to Red Boy, Mike Callow, and... Um, we started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that's how I got to know Mike. And eventually, that led me to boxing because we had a boxing trainer come down, teach us. He saw I had some potential. His name was Leon, and he brought me over to his gym in Shirley. That was Veterans Memorial. And I started competing as an amateur. I had early success, and the more I started training and I got better, um, I was really good. I won basically every major tournament in New York and amateurs won the New York Golden Gloves twice, New York championship twice, Long Island championship. And then I eventually won a national title in 2013. And that was the moment where I was like, wow, I could be, I could be great at this. I was the number one in the country. And then the year after that, um, 
had won the New York Golden Gloves for the second time at the Barclays Center, and I was awarded the Sugar Ray Robinson Award as the most outstanding boxer of the tournament. So that's when I knew I was, you know, I was there. I was one of the top guys. That's the game However, yeah, yeah, that was game changer, game changer. However, when I turned pro, it was a little bit more difficult because there's more of a, a political game with it. And that's where I had the difficulty kind of maneuvering. I'm still trying to figure it out now. Um, but that's the stage I'm in now in my life when it comes to fighting. Yeah, and that's there's so much to unpack there too, and that and yeah, like I I appreciate just kind of that nice kind of clean way of going through because there's so much we could chop up there and, and break down, um, and that's why again I'm gonna I keep bringing up guys comment below to see like where you want to really dive in, but to to bring it back one thing I wanted to highlight that that I don't know if you ever think about this because I think about it I haven't talked to like Johnny Blondardo about it from time to time or other people I used to train with like Mike was just a freak athlete and you you like not just athletic, but you, sh- you showed up and you worked and you got better because you worked at it. And you know what I mean? It's like one of those crazy things like, wow, if I show up and I work at it, I'm going to get better. But you also were like a sponge in a different way, man. I don't know how to like put it into words. And I think that's why you also excelled at boxing from such a quick standpoint, it seemed from as you transitioned, but because you're in the lighter weight classes and tell me if this makes sense to you too. I think it, there wasn't as many, especially that was like 2007, eight, nine range, like, there's no any weight class below 155 or maybe it was even 170 in the UFC at the time, let alone 55 yeah. and way below to, you know, 25, 35, 45. Um, so I think, I think um, that- at the time, the lightest uh, champion was Matt Hughes and he was 170 and, you know, Matt Hughes was killing everybody at that time. And me as a young man, I think I was like 17, 18. I'm like, yeah, man, I want to fight, fight in the UFC and all that. And I weigh 118 pounds. So that's why the transition to boxing was easy because while I couldn't compete um, at really anything related to mixed martial arts, I think they had a BJJ that had Nagas at the time, but the lightest weight class was 130. It wasn't as popular as it was now. So when I transitioned to boxing, I was able to compete and compete often because there was a lot of guys in my weight class. The year I won the Golden Gloves in 2011, I think I had at least like 26 people in my weight class. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's yeah, a big no. difference, right? Comparatively to even at the jujitsu tournaments, maybe you have like one, two people in 130, or maybe they'd merge brackets and like you'd have like teenagers and adults if everyone agreed to it or other weight classes possibly or whatever have you. So I just wanted to highlight that for a quick second. So I think if it was now, if we took that young you 2007 eight we fast forward to now and you went into uh mma school and mma gym maybe it looks completely different i just think that's an interesting kind of place to start because even though you're in boxing like you had nasty grappling too like you you, like there was if you would have that that could have been something interesting to see as well but i also think it kind of works out awesome because look at how well you excelled everything happens for a reason right like this is true where you 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 excelled at all that um and now bringing it like like you said bringing it back one thing I always like to highlight on this when, when I have an opportunity, especially to talk to someone at your level is looking at how martial arts and fighting 
impacts your life outside of the gym, off the mats. And it's not like, when you face adversity, for example, how do you handle it? Like, because also here's the other thing. You're not just a professional athlete. You're also a college graduate. You've had your education. You've invested in yourself in many ways. And you're that like, to me, a Renaissance man in that sense of like that term of, I'm not just going to develop my mind. I'm not going to just develop my body. I'm not just going to develop my spirit, but we're going to put all of that together and grow and evolve. So just, just kind of like, that talk to us a little bit about how you see one impacting the other for the fight game impact just your life outside of you know training okay so i would say uh, when it comes to to martial arts boxing uh, physical fitness i think that really helped develop my confidence um there's um i want to try to come up with the right words to put it uh, before i was into fitness and stuff i would say i was very insecure but um when you do something that's physically challenging and you overcome it time and time again, you start to have a, a belief in yourself. Like, okay, no matter what happens, I can overcome this. I had stressful situations before, you know, I'll overcome it. And then, you know, you, you're, I'm human too. I have my good days and my bad days. And some days you'll have your bad days. And, you know, sometimes things will be kind of overwhelming, but then you just got to, you know, sit down with yourself and just remember, okay, you know what? I had tough times. But I overcame it. Nothing could stop me. And you got to have that mentality when you're a fighter or just in general. With everything that comes in life, you just got to kind of head, face it head on. And hopefully if you have a good support system, a good group of people around you, they can help you get out of that situation. I've always had coaches um, kind of like inspire me and, you know, give me a helping hand when I wasn't um, – believing in myself or even, you know, family members and friends that helped me along the, the way, but definitely exercise, martial arts that helped me that I should say developed my confidence. As far as the education, um, that just helps you become a better critical thinking, critical thinker. And with that, I think I was able to see past a lot of the traditional norms that they had for like say boxing and martial arts, I would think about it and say, you know what? That doesn't look right. Let me, um, it's not always good to be the super tough guy. So to speak. That's dude, that in and of itself, I think is such a huge part. I don't want to interrupt you, but I just wanted to highlight that for everybody. Listen, that's a huge piece. Yeah. I can tell you being in the sport is nothing cool about, you know, trying to be the, the baddest guy. It's really none of that. You know, you hear a lot of guys say, oh, that guy is tough, man. He can hit hard and he can do all this. But can he apply those skills in the right situation against the right opponent? Under stress. Then you Under stress, then you have a, a different situation. For sure. And then I think to you, like, this is where, this is also where my mind goes. And this is why I'm retired too, is because I think about, the physical ramifications and tax that we're paying and not just even the physical and the body and the joints. Like, honestly, I just found out like in the last week or so, I'm going to probably have to get hip surgery on my left hip just from all the wear and tear because of my labrum and the tissue in there. And it's, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like that's part of the game. And I knew that, I knew that going in, there's a cost that we're going to, you know, have to pay at a certain point. I'm okay with that. But that's also why, like, even from the brain perspective too, of the trauma. And that's why, like, I, I think, you know, being able to recognize being an intelligent 
person, not just from like the academic standpoint, but mm-hmm. from the ability to look past fighting too. not, and I'm not saying you're looking past, but seeing more aspects of your life. Right. Yeah. And being yeah, able to see like, there's a life afterwards, like those tough guys, a lot of times, unfortunately, or fortunately, however we want to look at it, even if you do become champion, you're paying a tax that what's your quality of life afterwards. What does that look like? Can you even enjoy what you did because you can't remember who you are or whatever variation of that, that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? No, no, I, th- dude, you, you hit a solid point. Um, the year I won the Golden Gloves for the second time, and you know, I was, I think I was inducted into the New York Golden Gloves Hall of Fame for winning the Sugar Robinson Award. I was with a bunch of other like legendary fighters, and you know, seeing them in their condition, you know, you get, you get to look at things from a different viewpoint. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, he's an older man. They were worried, right? Yeah, he's having a hard time talking. So, um, for me, it's my personal. Mike, I start to look one over. second. I'm just going to pause it really quick because I know class gotcha. is going to let out and I don't want to gotcha. get into a really good vein right here. So I'm going to pause it and then we're going to just move spots. It's going to be a fun little change in scenery too. Um, but we're going to come back to what you're just saying on being in that spot, seeing those, just the high level people that you came across and the potential impact. So I'm just going to pause it really quick. All right. So what, like, what they're going to, we're going to have like, snip it just a little bit um so we'll find our groove but basically i say we start with kind of the point of what you were saying of being at whether it's going to tournaments and seeing those guys and how it impacted you and some of the changes you made to your game or just the mindset of like wow i have to be mindful of my brain just as much as my body and and even fighting in my career so for um like after seeing those guys and obviously you know you hear about like muhammad ali the bigger names and then you see people and for me I actually work with that population. Um, I work part-time physical therapy. um, So I've seen people with ailments. And then I was working for an organization um, called STOP. And I was working with people who had um, Parkinson's disease. And we did a little boxing training to help with the movement, hand-eye coordination. So you you, you see people, um, the geriatric population, older uh, population with those ailments and effects. And then it's like, damn, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be in that situation, but you know, you're partaking in a sport that is potentially very dangerous. Unfortunately, a a close friend of mine had passed in the ring, Patrick day. I don't know if you heard of him or you uh, were following the story at that time, but um, that, you know, that was, that was tough. That was tough for me. Um, Now he was, uh, he was a real true friend. So, all that in mind, I would say I change up my training when it comes to sparring. Uh, because the amount of times that I was fighting in the ring, I was going through some issues with my promoter and stuff. I wasn't really getting bouts. I was fighting like one or two times a year. And then reviewing my schedule every month, I would see, you know what, I'm putting in so many rounds and not getting the amount of fights that I wanted or deserved. I cut that down. I said, you know what, let me just focus more on technique. I stopped, you know, going hard sparring all the time. I was sparring two times, three times a week. And then I started sparring maybe like once every other week, every two weeks. And I started to bring it down to like once every three weeks. I haven't sparred during COVID because, you know, obviously all the gyms are closed. Um, But I felt that's been helping me a lot more. Me being older, keeping my body fresh, not taking all that punishment. Um, And I think that might help a lot of fighters in the long run don't hard sparring when you know you have a a match coming up off season 
well, not just no really off season, but if you don't have a match come coming up, light sparring, maybe once every week, two weeks to stay sharp. But if you do bad work, a lot of pads, defense drills, that should all substitute for all that. You don't need to take too many punches um, for no money. Yeah, I think that's a strong point. And to that point, like there's a lot, again, even here to unpack a little bit. So I'll try and pick out the good parts. Um, and when I say good parts, I mean like no, I understand. covering a short period of time, not the, the lengthier ones. But again, guys, comment below. We'll dive into all the good stuff you guys got questions on. I already know there's going to be because there's someone who always comments on every video. Like, what about this traditional martial arts against boxing? So I know that question's coming. Okay. Um, we can get to that even a, a little bit or maybe in a part two. But with that being said, that's – and you can see that in, I think, in the, the boxing world, the MMA world. Like, there will be fighters that they build and build and build, and then all of a sudden they take a little bit of time off, and you see them come back re-energized and recharged. And, yeah. it's, again, like, like you said, like, even – you're not getting paid to spar, right? You're, not, you're getting paid to fight. And if you're, like, wasting yourself in the ring with that – and it's, waste maybe not be the best word, but you're – No, you, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. I, waste. Right? I'll say like, it. <laughs> Waste. <laughs> I appreciate that. Like, um, exactly. Like you're, you're literally like physio- physiologically like deteriorating your body bit by bit. If you're going at a certain rate for too hard, too long, you don't recover. Um, and, and, and that's what you said. Like if you're doing pad holding right, if you're doing um, the bag work right, if you're doing the defensive drills right, you're doing the drilling right, you'll get your conditioning, you'll get your work, you'll get your reaction timing. And then I don't know if you noticed this too, but like especially in the beginning, guys always want to spar, right? They don't want to – do the yeah. drills and all that. They want to get excited. But the downside yeah. is when you're sparring, you're defaulting usually to what you're most comfortable with. And then you're going to drill in bad habits. You're going to drill in this one yeah. thing. And you're and, yeah. and that's why I like pad work and the drills and things like that. You can tighten up all the little pieces, make it a neuro imprint. And then when it's time to fire it, when the conditions are under stress and you're ready, it's nice and clean and you're going to be good yeah. instead of maybe wasting and, and being inefficient there and erasing bad habits, you know? Yeah. That's um, I think uh, that's the point we kind of hit earlier, where everybody kind of wants to rush the process. Don't you know, slow it down, learn those basics first, get good at it, and then start implementing the sparring. It, you really have to be smart with it. Um, and unfortunately, with this game and you know, kind of like um, the imagery of what a fighter should be and this stereotypical fighter, bunch of tough guys, that's not gonna cut it for you. Not in the long run. Not if you want to have a long career. And a long life too, right? Like, yeah, like yeah, talking about quality life. of life and yeah, and, and those pieces. And that's where I actually like, there's another piece I was talking to somebody else about earlier where I think um, just the fight game in general, I think sometimes some coaches can lag on this in the sense of they don't understand strength and conditioning. And I'm not saying that has to be the number one priority, but you have a great strength conditioning coach and a great nutrition team. Yeah. You have all these pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. Um, Shout so, out to Mike Girardi, poor Jeff. Girardi strength. And then also, why am I drawing a blank on nutrition? Pro health, no healthy. Uh, yeah, pro healthy choice. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was gonna, I was doubting myself for a second. Like I know it. Damn. Pro there healthy we go. choice. Will Lawazo. He's been my mm-hmm. consultant, nutrition consultant, been helping me out. Just give me information. That's also you want to stay on top of that and sleep, guys. Get your sleep. That's a big one. Now is that's where your body recovers. People forget about that. And that's where, like, I was talking to a kid earlier today about, you know, he's like, well, should I wake up at 4 a.m.? Because that's like, you know, whether it's you hear Tyson talk about he would do that because it gives him a mental edge or Mark Wahlberg talks about it because, like, that's the best anabolic window of time or just for his efficiency. And my thing is, like, dude, I'd rather put the money on get your sleep and recover than wake up early and lose on, you know, a couple hours of sleep if that's the situation we're looking at. But all that to be said, I wanted to kind of – now bring it ahead. We're bringing it to where we're currently at, and there's a lot of things you got going on. I think, again, we're getting to that end 
part of the window just a bit. So we're going to save a lot of that for part two. But I wanted to talk about, A, where you're kind of currently at and how, again, it looks like, because you have a YouTube channel. Again, we have the links below, your, your uh, social media links below. And all the things you're working on, sponsors for we talk about Girardi Strength, Pro Healthy Choice, and all that fun stuff. And like Life of a Fighter, even. We have prior interviews. I'll put links below and all that great stuff. But I wanted to kind of look at, you know, going on now, especially if people want to keep following what's going on. And even we'll put out more content as well. Talk a little bit about what, what are some projects you're working on now? How do you see that, especially with COVID, the pandemic, how it's impacted things and what's going on in the current kind of stage and looking a little ahead? Okay. So um, when it comes to like um, the fighting aspect of it, um, I had a, ma- a March, excuse me, I had a match in March and it was a draw. I, I, I kicked the kid's ass, but you know, politics and stuff, they call it a draw. So I, I was upset, but you know, I got over it quickly. Um, so I was looking to compete again, but then COVID happened. So that kind of slowed things down. Um, but what I did take out of that match was that was the first time I cut weight. Now, as an amateur, I never had to cut weight. I was always successful. As a pro, you know, I learned from the past that everybody's cutting weight. You got to cut weight. So if you do make that transition to pro, I suggest you practice cutting weight, feeling comfortable cutting the weight and finding out what works for you and compete it at that weight. So for me, I was walking around 128, 129, and this was the first time I cut to 118. And when I fought my guy, he hit me with the good punch, and I was good because he was my size. And, you know, I heard I had heard so many horror stories about guys cutting weight, so I was reluctant to cut weight. You know, I was nervous. I didn't know how the experience would be. But I did a lot of research. Um, I was actually talking with Chris Algieri. He gave me his book, so I got some information from him. And just doing different uh, research from different outlets, um, I was able to come up with a program, a one-week program. Not my program, but the different programs that I um, had seen and and tried. And it worked pretty good. So we can talk about that for the next podcast. Um, Yeah, I did the water cut, you know, where you take a lot of water in and your body kind of dehydrates that out. I had to switch up my nutrition just slightly. And it was different because it wasn't like I was eating healthy foods, but at a certain point I had to eat unhealthy foods to reabsorb that water. So it was different from the mindset that I normally um, was brought up on. Uh, But yeah, I had a successful cut. I went back in the ring. I was like 127. So I put on about you know, a couple pounds, like nine, 10 pounds. And, you know, I fought, I didn't get tired. I felt good. Um, so after, you know, once COVID slows down, I want to do it again at that weight class. And I feel that's the weight class for me. And yeah, that's something you got to be considerate about if you're going to be a fighter, what weight class to fight at. Yeah. And I think that's even just like a, a segment in and of itself. We break down and can look at, like you said, and we'll dive into those cuts. And I think also having, like you talk about resources and supports around you, like in the yeah. Chris Algieri world, like that in and of itself, he's such an amazing resource to have and to tap into shout out to Stony Brook and Mike and I alumni Stony Brook. I feel yeah. SBU. Like um, um, Chris, you know, um, being involved with the team over there as far as like with the, the, dietetics and nutrition um and that's it's it's been awesome to see even from him and and that's he's another person that i respect in this game that also 
was well-rounded, you know, not just the fighter, but also on the academic and just being intelligent and surrounding himself with good people. Um, and, and to your point, reaching out for those things when you make that transition from even amateur to pro and putting the right pieces together and being able to say, hey, I got to change it up and go to the piece. people that know it best. That's what they do. Um, and that's where I think we, we even – we can dive in more, but we'll kind of leave it at that because that's, then it gets into even like a whole different journey and we can dive into it even more so. But with all that being said, um, I just kind of wanted to bring it back to, you know, now we know looking out for the fight perspective and all of that, if people, and I know they're going to want to like, see what's going on. I know you, what's really interesting about you is, or not even interesting, but I think exciting about you too, is that you've done a great job of documenting everything that you've done, even that you don't publish all of it. Like, Mm we've talked about this in the past too, for different projects and different things of all the different content and notes and breakdowns and schedules and programs that you have over the years. So it, I'm sure eventually that's going to continuously come out, but even for what's going on right now, how can, how can people follow you? Obviously we're going to link it below, but I think now's a good time to just, again, put it out there so they can go take some action and then I'll leave you the platform is basically what I'm getting at. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my name is Michael that stout. That's how you can follow me. Um, same name for my Facebook channel, Michael that stout. And for my YouTube channel, same thing, Michael that stout. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mostly post on Instagram. I'm going to rebuild up my page. Everything kind of slowed down with the whole COVID going on and I'm in school right now. So, uh, my time is a little bit taken up, but I usually post a lot of content. I like to post training content and yeah, that's what you guys can follow me. I'm excited, man. I, again, I appreciate you taking the time out, especially with everything going on. And I know that we're going to have more of this coming out and also a little sneak that me and Mike are obviously still going to break down all the fun details from a schedule perspective, but look out for a show where it's me and Mike, we're co-hosting it, breaking things down or even this is where I think Mike, I, I want the people to kind of push for this too. I want to put it out to say for you to have your own, um, show and breakdowns and things like that, or doing your own audio commentary over like, I, and this is where I want people to comment if they're interested too, because I think this is going to be a good stage for it. Like you could take your fight footage and then do an audio commentary over it and break down different things, what you're seeing there. I think that could be, oh, kind okay. of cool. I think people will be interested in that. So I wanted to also just kind of put that out there not put you on the spot. Obviously you got, I like that idea really, but it's really, and it's actually quite popular here or seeing different style breakdowns like Orthodox or Southpaw, or this guy has more of a Philly shell versus, all right, we're going to work a straight tight shell um, or, or that, you know, covering up Tyson-esque um, style or whatever, you know, doing those things and having that audio breakdown. I know people like that. So anyways, again, Mike, I appreciate it. That's where we're going to wrap it up for now, but we'll be back. Thank you, Mike. More of the awesome sauce. And um, yeah, we'll check you guys later. Bam. All right, guys. Be good. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.